You are listening to episode number 33 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dita Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And uh, as we gather around, um, I wanted to talk about what we did last weekend. It was a special surprise. Well, it was kind of a special surprise, but it was also it was a little sad. No, I, I, I agree. The, the deal is... If you listen to this podcast or if you know our family at all, you'll know that we are a number one bona fide Disney fanatics. And there's a whole lot of reasons for that, and I'm sure I'll start to gush about those reasons. But we have, because we're Florida residents, we have a certain kind of Disney pass that certain times of the year we can get in anytime we want. We can go every day if we wanted to go. But there's a blackout period during the summertime that our passes aren't good. And that's perfect because if you know Disney, you don't go in the summer because the whole rest of the planet's there because it's super hot. Oh, whole... it is tremendously warm. And we try to go right as our passes come back into season. And we always say... Oh, that's right. That's oh, why we don't do this. this is way too early. It's still way too hot. And we always regret it. And so then we wait a few more weeks until it actually starts to you know, get a little bit more tolerable out outside but so we're knee deep in the in the blackout period but disney has announced that they're closing a couple of rides that have been there for a very long time and because we go 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 to disney because we were we went on a date there we have been at disney when you were pregnant with reina our first baby so it's it's a special place for us and in fact it's gotten to be a situation where we don't feel the pressure to see any anything in particular. For us, it's the backdrop for old memories and new memories. It's a place where everything's been thought about, so we don't have to think about it. It's a place where everything's nice. You know, it's, it's just a nice little getaway, not too far away from, from where we are, so we go back all the time. Anyway, a couple of rides that, that are closing, so we'll never get to go on those rides again. And so Disney being a very cool company, decided to waive the blackout period. So everybody can go to ride the rides one more time and all of that. So we decided to uh, to go. Yeah, we rode the great movie ride, and that was last time, and it was kind of sad. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great ride, though. Yeah, it's a great it, movie it ride, It is. In fact. Yeah, well, yes, it is. But it was it was sweet and it was sad and you know they're gonna build something amazing there and I'm sure we're going to love it and you know it'll yeah, become part of our mourn. history there. But yeah. it's it's one of those things where you have to move on, you have to progress. You can't. We wouldn't go to the park if they didn't make things new. But so again, it's bittersweet. But we rode it with the kids and a couple of their friends and it was really nice and it was just you know. Taking in every moment, all you know, pointing out all the hidden Mickeys on the ride that we had mm-hmm. seen, pointing out our favorite things, saying and the we know the script, we know of the, the ride script of the heart. ride, and you know, so kind of kind yeah, of doing that Rocky Horror Picture Show level of right. memorization. Yeah, there's a lot, and yeah. it's it's a ride that you went on when you were pregnant with Raina, who is now a grown almost twenty three. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's one of those, and but it was really neat to be in. It's a little bit like time travel. Mm-hmm. To get to go to the same places. And some of the people we were with had never been on it before. So it was neat seeing it through their eyes. And the whole thing was really neat. And depending on who you are listening to this right now. You're either saying, yeah, I know what you mean. Or you're saying, 
give me a break. And I hope if you're listening to this while you're driving, I hope that you didn't hit anything rolling your eyes. But there are a lot of people that go, well, you know, I don't like the Disney parks because everything is fake. Well, but yeah, it is. Again, yeah, my, my response to that is exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, of course. I, do, I don't think that those robot hippos on the Jungle Cruise, I don't think they're real. It's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, but it's just like any fiction book that you pick up or any movie that you watch. Do you really think that, you know, most movies are real? Because yeah. if you're thinking Lord of the Rings is real... I mean, I know you can go to New Zealand to go to Hobbiton, so there might be some people that think it's actually <laughs> history. But you know King Arthur is not yeah. real history, well, I mean, right? I'm comfortable with the yeah. idea that there was no real person named Harry Potter. I'm comfortable with the idea sure. that Luke Skywalker is not a real guy. That's the point. What? You go to the movies <laughs> for a sense of escape. And, in fact, the reason that we tell these stories is that that myth is truer than true. In other words, the idea of a myth isn't that there's factual accuracy. Instead, the idea is it points to something beyond the facts. The idea of that universal hero story that we see reflected in various ways and to various degrees through the movies we watch and the stories we tell, it's okay that it's not real because we get past the, the nitty-gritty and into the larger truth. That's what's beautiful about it. And Maybe in a similar way, we go to these places where everything is very contrived because it serves as a backdrop for genuine sharing. We've had some of our best discussions and conversations as a family. We've had some of our biggest ideas. We've had amazing breakthroughs, in fact, in a fake place because we didn't have to think about every jot and tittle of quote-unquote everyday life. That's kind of the point. When you get past the facts the truth can start to come out. And there's something really beautiful there. It's okay if there's something that's eh, a little bit fake. And the food is really good. And <laughs> I just love dis I, I, I just love I love the shopping at Disney. I love the food at Disney. I love the flowers and all of the gardening at Disney. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. There's a lot of things that I love about it. Well, I it. love the fact that they've done a very good job at making it feel removed from the rest of the world. You really feel like you're going to a different place. I love the fact that you and I spend an awful lot of our time deciding how something's going to go. Yeah, you know, we're, that, we're in charge of a great many yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm I'm so grateful for the opportunities that God has given us. There's no question about that. But on the other hand, it's nice to go to a place where you walk by a garbage can. Somebody had a meeting about how high that garbage can should be, what it should be facing, and what color it should be. That level. Somebody's thought about, there's a teleology. Somebody's thought about every single moment of that experience so you don't have to. And that's pretty cool. I'm really at peace with getting to that level of I'm not going to even have to worry about those things. Instead, I can really be with the people I'm with. There's there's a real there's a real beauty there. And besides, we're major geeks about that and a million other things. And yeah, the people watching is pretty awesome. Well, we play it a game. It it's it <laughs> doesn't it's get any yeah. it doesn't get any better at Disney the people watching. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's we'll talk more about that yeah, some other time. Yeah, it's phenomenal because it's just so interesting, and it's interesting to try to pick out the different languages that people speak, and it really is it's a it's a fun experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we're such nerds about just about everything, and one of the things that we're 
Uh, we've talked about here and there before, and it's going to come up again right now, is uh, Doctor Who. All right. So I have very, very, very strong feelings about, A, where Doctor Who has been, mm -hmm. and B, where Doctor Who is going. And I think that there is, I have a conspiracy theory, but, <laughs> but let's, but this is let's, all chemtrails, no, isn't but, it? No, really, honestly, Flat I really Earth do. Flat Earth Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Lord. Can, have we talked about Flat Earthers before no, on this? No, and I think oh, that, oh my Lord. I really think let's, that, let's not go down this. Yeah, we should have a show about conspiracy theory stuff, because I think that there's a piece of that, that in the same way that people construct myths to explain the movement of the sun across the sky, for example, and that kind of thing. And it makes you feel powerful. It may be in a not so different way. It answers some questions that people can't grasp otherwise. That sort of thing. We'll talk about that later I gonna, on. I was going to say maybe maybe one of the podcasts. And I'm actually I'm going to write that down. Right? No, seriously, I have a pen out. I'm writing it down so that we don't forget. <laughs> because yeah, and I'm just breaking your chops. I know what you're talking about because the thing is. We've been watching Doctor Who since we were kids. I mean, I remember... Oh, yeah. PBS, uh, you know, I remember watching everything. Yeah. When my folks had a church in Iowa when I was you know, like five, and I remember watching the old Doctor Who show on PBS, partly because we only had a couple of channels. Yeah, and it we was... did, when we were kids, it was like you had the three major broadcast networks, mm -hmm. NBC, ABC, CBS. Right. And then you had PBS... And that was about that it was where a, I was. And that was about it. Yeah, and, and so had... I grew up with all of the, you know, PBS stuff, and I became a little bit of an Anglophile. Anything British was automatically a little bit cooler. I remember watching Mystery, and I remember watching all those shows, No Honestly, Into the Manor Born. And Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers was yep. huge. Monty Python weighs heavily on my psyche oh, sure. now. You oh, know, yeah. it's all of that kind of stuff, ripping yarns and the rise and fall of Reginald Perrin. But Doctor Who was very special, still is. And they brought Doctor Who back about 10 years ago, really brought it back. And they've been going great guns since then, and they've had some really great actors. I would argue that Matt Smith, who was the previous Doctor in Doctor Who, was the best one ever. I, I'm, I'm He's my Daniel you. Craig. You yeah, know what I mean? No, it's, it's I'm, a, I'm there with you. He is a phenomenal doctor. And so, I appreciate, up until this point, I've appreciated every doctor sure, for who they there were. There hasn't been a okay, bad one. Okay, so now let's let's fast forward. These last, has has Capaldi been two seasons or three seasons? It I feels think like is, a thousand. Oh, God, because, it does. Well, because here's the thing. Just to back up, if you don't know about Doctor Who, the way it works is he's a time traveler, but he is, he represents sort of the trickster Jungian archetype where he knows more than everybody else and he goes into a situation and he helps people but he does it by being disruptive and being kind of silly and he's been everywhere and he's seen everything so everything is kind of fun for him and so instead of this sort of serious defeatist future attitude the idea is everything's going to be okay and there's always an answer there's always a way to make it okay and we're all connected to they something. He always and, saves the day and yeah. figures it out. But he doesn't ever really die. He just regenerates yeah. into a new body. Whenever it's time so for a new actor. Whenever it's time for a new to, actor, somebody the wants old to retire. one dies and, and then he regenerates into a new and, person. Yeah. And so, so Matt Smith, the one before, dies and... And Peter Capaldi, the, and that's his name. That, that that's the actor that plays. And he's Doctor a Who. he's a very famous he's a, British actor. He's, he's a, a phenomenal. Wonder, actor. He is a phenomenal yeah. actor. But here's the thing: these seasons of Doctor Who have 
stunk so bad. <laughs> they have not been. And people were trying to blame the companion and they were trying to do all of this. And I'm not going to bother to explain all of this to no, our no, listeners. No. This they is, can this go, they can go duty, figure it out. This is heavy-duty nerd stuff, even for if, a podcast. Right. But if you don't want to hear this, just go ahead and fast forward to the dig-in section and catch us up on, You'll on be the okay other side. But anyway... So these last with Capaldi and he has now, he's got a new companion and now, you know, Clara is, is not around anymore. They switch out the companion. Yeah, now it's Gilbert Gottfried. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Um, you know, that would be an improvement. I would, I would watch it. But no, the thing is, it has not been very good. good. And it's gone from being my very favorite show to one I kind of have to muscle through to the point where I've missed a a number of episodes. We haven't even started the last season, but so here's, here's where my conspiracy theory comes in. So, a couple of weeks ago, they announced that the new doctor is, for the first time in history, is going to be a woman. That doctor who is going to regenerate into an actual woman. Right. And as you might imagine, the internet is abuzz with a spectrum of responses. Most people are pretty good with it, especially because... The, the woman that is going to play Doctor Who is a phenomenal actress. If you've ever seen the movie Attack the Block, which I highly recommend. It's not a particularly spiritual movie, but it's a great movie. Lots of fun. It's a really, fun movie. Really suspenseful and, and all kinds of stuff. Maybe not a family movie. There's some swear words and violence and all that, but it's a good movie. After the kids go to bed, put it on. But <clears throat> she's wonderful in it. So most people are okay with it, but... It's the internet, and so just like when they announced there was a Wonder Woman movie that came out, just like when basically any woman does anything on the internet, there's a, a there's an uproar of oh well, you're taking yeah, yeah yeah basically, basically yeah there's jerks. no I'm not defending but it. here's jerks, yeah. but here's my theory I think because Stephen Moffat um, the guy who writes the guy Doctor who writes Hill. it is phenomenal he has written how many seasons that did Matt Smith do i mean oh, I well, think three he or was four, writing three before or matt seasons. smith and- well i know and i have loved them all right from the beginning and it is my theory that he made these last couple of seasons really lame because that was the only way that people would really accept a woman as as the doctor. Because they'd all I be think so he real. did it on purpose. Well, maybe so. I think that I, they I were hope not. I think that they were a little bit contrived. He made them just interesting enough. I think he he broke a lot of things with Capaldi, like you know the sonic screwdriver. It wasn't a screwdriver anymore. It was sonic sunglasses, and that annoyed everybody. And I just it it was ridiculous. There were some really ridiculous things. And I think he did it on purpose because we all got to the point, I know I've gotten to the point where anything is going to be okay. Just get Capaldi so out the, of there. So you're suggesting start. that this is just to sort of pacify the jerks yes, who I, would I complain. Think so. of, maybe so. And all I think I, that people are excited about it now because they're like, oh, cool. Get him out of there. Get that doctor out of here. Let's let's try something new. Let's Let's go on the way. Yeah, absolutely. All I know is I'm really excited about it. I think she's going to be great, and I think that it's high time. My goodness, it's been Doctor Who's been on since the '60s or whatever. So, but she's still not a ginger. We want to talk about something special in the dig in section of the podcast tonight, and 
that is the idea of a wild life. And I, I want to kind of break that down for everybody because this is something that we have been thinking about and working on. And it's really exciting because for the next six events that Water and Stone Church are having. The next six months. Six months. The, the fourth Sunday of every month for the next six months is going to be a part of this wild series. Right. And I'm and I'm really excited about it. I really am. Yeah, and, well, and you've been doing so much work on it and and I am just so impressed by you and excited about this and so we want to talk a little bit about just this the idea of being wild. Well, the thing is part of this is a response to what has happened to religion in America but in the world when you think of religious stuff nowadays it's really easy to think of it as a tool of the establishment as a normalizing influence going to church means that you are predictable let's say and that's not the way it's supposed to work let's back up for a minute i mean think about it this way whatever it is that you're working on whether you're trying to get your healing your miracle you're trying to fall in love you're trying to get your money in order whatever it is that you're working on God's got that, right? I mean, God has got the answer to that. God is the answer to that. God doesn't know about sickness. God doesn't get sick, hurt, or afraid. God doesn't run out of money, right? That's not a thing. So whatever it is that you're working on, God has got this. The problem is not in the divine. The problem is in me, dragging my feet, trying to do it my own way, insisting that my ego needs to be satisfied. How many times have you finally gotten out of the way, either because you had some kind of wonderful positive breakthrough or because things got so bad that you had to give up one way or another? How many times has it worked out that there was something better than what you imagined? That's what a miracle is. By definition, a miracle is when your expectations were shattered positively or, as it turns out, sometimes negatively. So let me say this differently. The formula for miracles is get out of the way of your expectations for what God's going to do for you and start thinking about what you can do to put God into action. That's where the miracle happens because when you step out of the way, things tend to to take care of themselves. And so that's what we mean when we say wildlife. It means be wild. Stop trying to be predictable. Stop trying to predict what's going to go on. Now that represents a, a good bit of undoing and unlearning when you think about some of the stuff that people do in the name of religion or spirituality or whatever you want to call it. You know, I buy these special, and we talked about this a little bit last week, I buy these special crystals or whatever, this outfit I have, this amulet, this thing I hang from my rearview mirror, whatever it is, because it allows me to control the flow of energies and it allows me to predict what spirit's going to do, what God's going to do. I read these books so that I can know how God's going to work. Well, guess what? God doesn't work that way. That's not how this goes. It is not the job of religion to try and control God. So part of this whole thing is about getting all of that out of the way and finding a way to get in touch with what is uncontrollable, unpredictable, beyond expectations. That's where love lives. That's where faith lives. And that's where power lives. 
people pile on complexity because they want to be in control. And that sounds like fear. And real love is the opposite of that. Well, I don't think it's just with spirituality and church. And obviously, you know, that's where we go most of our times. That's that's where, because that's where we live. That's, sure. the, that's the arena that we play in, the sandbox that we play in. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that we have also learned to uh, be controlled um, and be in control just from society. And, and I think that it's like, okay, stand in line because that's, that, that's the appropriate thing to do. Do, do the normal thing. Yes. You know, um, don't think out of the box because then, oh, wow, you're not going to be, you know, oh, if you don't do this the right way, maybe you won't get the right job. And if you don't get the right job, how can you get the right partner? And if you don't, you know, get the right partner, how are you going to have the right kids? And if you don't have the right kids and if they don't get into the right schools and the cycle continues and continues and continues. So I don't know that it's particularly just a spiritual challenge. No, I think it's to, a symptom. To, to be, you know, to break out and to be wild. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Well, it's, think of, it is everywhere. Think about how many cultural institutions, think about how much money the average person spends. Think about the reasons that people go to school, for example. Think about the relationships they get in. Think about how many ways people spend their time trying to combat the unknown, try to minimize the unknown, try to control and get away from the unknown. Think about how much time, money, energy is spent on trying to combat the unknown. That's why you go to school so you can have a predictable life, for right. example. Right. Or that's why you marry a predictable person. That's why you do these things. But guess what? People spend all this time in religion and in every area of life, in politics, in socioeconomic, whatever you want to call it. It has to do with minimizing the unknown. But what if I tell you that the unknown is precisely where God lives? Well, I was going to say, all of those people that are living in the, you know, same subdivision, same looking house, they're painting it the same color because it's an appropriate color for the neighborhood. All Better of those check people, with the neighborhood association. Right, exactly. And all of those people that are doing that, their heroes are the people that did it different. They're people like Prince. Mm-hmm. There are people like Steve Jobs, David um, Bowie, David Bowie, all of these wild artists, and not just artists, but even even businessmen. Bill Gates did not graduate from college. He was like, "No, I'm I'm out of here." Elon Musk. I mean, you can at business level, artistic level, everything, and so people that are trying to keep from being wild have these heroes who did exactly the opposite of what they're doing and who are wild. Right. Show me, because the thing is, fear is the opposite of success. I mean, and control is a cousin of fear. Control is how fear manifests itself so often. And the idea behind every success story, spiritual, economic, political, the idea behind any success story has to do with some element of unpredictability. When something is truly beautiful, it's because it breaks a boundary. Mm-hmm. God lives in the unknown, otherwise wouldn't be God. We're talking about transcendence, right? So something has got to be transcended. And so let's look at this another way. Inside each and every person is all of the beauty, 
all of the life, all of the love, all of the power there could ever be. Our job is to let that out instead of trying to put a cork on it. This is what Jesus was talking about maybe when he said, let your light shine. Don't hide it under a bushel. You know, the whole thing. And that brings me to the next part of this. So often, that feeling, that fear that wants to control has affected all of our cultural institutions, including church. And it has caused us to paint a weird picture of our heroes, especially Jesus. I don't know where you went to Sunday school, but a lot of times the image you get of Jesus is this ultimate, you know, almost doormat, this supremely domesticated figure who probably wouldn't even be able to tell you what he wanted to eat for dinner. Where do you want to go for dinner, Jesus? Well, well I see, don't know. What do the, you want to do? You see the pictures of Jesus with all the little children around him, or you see him, you know, with his head slumped over, or you see, you know, a, a, a smiling Jesus. and, and I, But kind of bummed but out. Kind, yeah, but never really, <laughs> never really a happy Jesus and never really a sad Jesus. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just kind of like... not there. This ah, is, yeah. All right. This you is... Know? At best, a numb Jesus, but most likely Jesus who's a little disappointed, but not going to say anything because he doesn't want to make any trouble. Well, I'm just going to, you know, don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. You just sit across there and and don't you worry about it. It'll be all right. (laughs) When that doesn't, it not only does it not match up, but it leads to a really bad precedent. Because somewhere along the way, somebody started saying that being spiritual means you're never allowed to be mad about anything. Now, this is something we've talked about before, but it bears repetition right now. Oh, how dare you point out that I ran over your foot? How dare you? You're not very spiritual because you're mad about that. Yeah, I'm mad. You ran over my foot. There's that level of spiritual judgment that happens. Well, you're not very Christ-like if you're upset about something. You're not very Christ-like if you stand up for something because Jesus is the ultimate conformist Mm -hmm. according to this model. I mean, follow it all the way. When Jesus himself said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You know, when you really look at it, Jesus was anything but domesticated. His example is radical love. You want to forgive somebody? Not just seven times, 70 times, seven times. So you can't even remember what you're forgiving. If somebody asks for your coat, give them your cloak too. Jesus's ministry was about all the way. Radical love, outrageous mercy, no holds barred spirituality, and a religion that you don't just talk about, but that you live. That's what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was so wild that even his death was wild. The whole thing, every single moment of it, and his life on Easter, even more so. So every moment of his story is a story about the wilderness. Maybe that should be our story too. And that's the point of this. The secret to getting where you want to go spiritually, the secret to to really living like a child of God, the secret to it, (laughs) the miracle, the growth, the revolution, the breakthrough, has to do with this. Step out of your comfort zone and step into faith. It's funny, but as you were talking, I got this vision of like some sort of t-shirt or bumper sticker or something like that with a with a picture on it and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, 
something along the words of not my Jesus, you know, and then it just, I mean, obviously it needs to be workshopped and it's not, but that's, but that's the picture that I got in my head as you're talking. That's not my Jesus. My Jesus is not, you know, domesticated. Well, and I love that because I have to tell you, I do get a little bit hot under the collar about this because people paint this picture of Jesus who just walked around suffering all the time. This is weird guilt trip Jesus when Jesus said all the time, I'm here to help you overcome suffering. But, but if we're going to do that, you got to get off your butt. But don't you think that that is a function of most Christian religions always telling you, well, you know, Jesus Jesus died for your sins. He suffered for you. He suffered for you. And you should feel you. real bad and about it. And you should feel real bad about it. I don't know if it's, if it's the Bible in particular, because clearly the Bible doesn't tell us that that is the case. No, look at the story. If you, yeah. if you really look at the story, it doesn't say that. And so again... This whole idea is, you know, I think is to control people. Well, well I honestly, think that... honestly, keep them in line, control their thinking, control what, you know, make them feel bad enough so that they keep coming back and putting money in the plate and, you know, listening to what we have to say because it is so much easier to get people to do what you want when they're afraid. Well, you can't train a whole room full of people to be revolutionaries and also still be able to control them. I think you're right. You yeah. can't you have the mission has to be not control but to inspire and to ignite something in, inside of them. And that's a dangerous game because free thinking is it's not easy because people are pains in the behind. <laughs> they really are. They're pains in the butt. Um you know, we we often talk about just being in the roles that we have chosen in life. And and I don't even I use the word chosen, but I don't know that we actually chose it. I think it is ours to do, and it that is just how it is. We we are put on this planet to help people. We are. I can't help it. I help people in the grocery store. <laughs> I help people out on the street. Uh, if we did not have the uh, this as part of religion, I would still be helping people as much as I can. It is my calling. It is what I love to do. I can't help but doing. It's what feed me what feeds me and so on and so forth. Okay. Oh, I know this. I know what you're talking about. But so people, I'm right there with people you, are difficult. <laughs> and so I get the idea of just saying, can you just please sit down and listen for just a second? Can you not, can you just not today? And, well, and I sure. do, and I have It's those the thoughts. same reason why so a parent I, says, so because I, I said so because to I a said kid. So. Exactly. But it's not empowering. Mm -mm. And so here's the thing. You can have religion that is empowering. You can have religion that teaches people how to be wild and radical. You can have that. It is absolutely possible. There is nothing inherently bad about religion. What is disempowering is the cheap shot religion that has evolved as a result of this cultural idea that control is somehow good. And there are there's room for all kinds of conspiracy theories around who did what when but at the end of the day what we can look at is we can go that's not what jesus said jesus talked about building a church upon this rock i will build my church and all that he sent the disciples out to go tell everybody spread the word go do this he said to individuals like i said before let your light shine we're starting religion this is the thing that's happening here in the bible but it has to be a religion based on the idea of getting your ego 
out of the way. That's the thing. John the Baptist, another wild man, he lived in the wilderness, is the one who said, you know, I baptize with water. In other words, I can clean the outside of the situation. But the one who comes after me, the one I'm not even fit to tie his sandal. <laughs> right. The one who comes after me going to baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's going to consume all of your stuff. There's just truth left. That's wild. And that's the idea. Sometimes life takes it away from us. Sometimes we get into a place where we have to mourn the loss of something. But you know what? That whatever it was, and you're allowed to have your mourning time. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of whatever it was that got taken away, you're still here. The universe, as we've often said in this podcast, and as we've often said in a lot of places, looks like the universe just needed a more honest version of you because it's gone and here you are. So what I'm trying to say is it's okay if you have to go out into the wilderness where you feel like you don't know what's going on, but come back, come back wild. There's a piece of you that is so uncontrollable and so beautiful and so beyond any perception. That's where art lives. That's where love lives. That's where God lives. That's where faith lives. Step out of what you know. Stop trying to control how things are going to go. It is time to let God be in charge. It's so easy to freak out about the things that you're afraid about. Oh man, I don't know if the if the guy got to get the oil change on the car, is something bad going to happen? I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing at work. Is something bad going to happen? I don't know if I'm wearing the right thing that my date's going to appreciate. Is something bad going to happen? Well, you know what? None of that touches the truth about you. Let's get to the place where we put ourselves in situations where God's in charge. It's not your job anymore. Just breathe that out. It's not who you have to be. You don't have to be the boss of the situation. Step out of your comfort zone and step into faith. Learn how to love the danger a little bit. Be, a, be an adrenaline junkie, spiritually speaking. Get yourself to a place where it has to be okay because God has made it okay. Find the wild places in your heart and you'll come back stronger. So for the next six months, we're going to be talking about what all that means. And the, the first Sunday is going to be called Wild Life. And it's going to be about the general idea. But we're going to do Wild Life, Love, Faith, Forgiveness, Worth, and Wild World. And each month, we're going to talk about how this idea that God's already got this. And all you've got to do is get out of the way. We're going to be talking about that in different aspects, like we said, about how it works in your life, how it works with your love life and the people in your, in your world, how it works with how to let people go and forgive them, what faith really looks like, and on and on and on. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's something that has needed to be said for a long time because, like I said, for some people, religion is about finding ways to build this huge wall between you and what's real. We're going to tear it down starting right now. We're going to take it back. I can't help but laugh to myself. Who starts a church based on the whole idea of of like, okay, everybody in that that ever comes here, you know, be rebellious, don't listen to anything, go out and be, you know, I mean, that's I think that's kind of it's just I'm chuckling to myself. I think that's hilarious. And I I love 
the whole idea behind it. Embrace and I, the I love paradox, every man. That's yes, where, that's, right? But see, that's where God lives. God lives in that paradox. God lives in that unknown. And by the way, we're in awful good company because people would say, oh, Jesus, you're so special. You did the right thing. You're magical. You know. And he would always say, it's not me. The Father does this work. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Your faith does this. In other words, don't listen to me. Live like this. Right. So maybe in some little way, we're in good company. So now is the time in our show where we we are in our listen up segment and uh, listen up is the part where people send in questions and we do our darn best to answer them. They come from all over the place. There's lots of ways to send us your questions. You could do it on the website waterandstonechurch.com. There's a contact us part where you can send the questions in. Come find us on all the various social media. Send an email to info at waterandstonechurch.com. There's lots of ways to do it. But anyway, people send us these amazing questions and so every week in the listen up part, we do our best to answer them. So this week's question comes from Bobby. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Yeah. And Bobby he, sent us questions before. Question, He's a yep, cool guy. Yep, exactly. And his question tonight is, what did Jesus really mean when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Nobody comes to the Father but by me. What does this mean? Well, I love that, especially in light of what we were just saying, because Jesus was saying, it's not I, but the Father. So part of it is, how do you reconcile those two ideas? And what does all that mean? So for me, it goes back to, this is like 101 Christianity stuff. We're Christian, but a lot of people are Christian, and a lot of them don't do their Christianity the way that we do it. You know, for example, we don't believe that you're a miserable sinner worm of the dust. We don't believe you're going to hell. We don't even believe in hell, for example. There are Christians who do, and they are allowed to call themselves Christians. They have a right to it, just like we do. So the question is, well, how do you do your Christianity? Mm -hmm. And I know this is a little bit uh, uh, a review, but it's really important in order to answer Bobby's question. The answer to how are you Christian, why are you Christian, where do you get off calling yourself Christian... (laughs) has to do with our understanding of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ, okay? The basic idea is we're Christian because we believe in Jesus, we believe in Christ, and we believe in Jesus Christ. Let me explain. So Jesus is, we believe in the historical person, Jesus. Jesus is the person in history. He is the person in history. And we believe that he did the things the Bible said that he did. We believe that he existed and all of that kind of stuff. We recognize that the Bible isn't a videotape. It was written by humans. And so, of course, we're not, we're, we don't especially, you know, we don't get into a lather about, well, it says in this gospel he did this, but in this translation he said Birkenstock instead of sandal. Or, you know, that's not the point. But in, we believe that he existed and that he did the things that the Bible said that he did. So we believe in Jesus, the person in history. And so we also believe in Christ. And Christ is not a last name. Yeah, it's not like he had a cousin named Billy Christ, although that'd be a great sitcom. Um, Again, you know, you could <laughs> the say, adventures you could of say Billy, Christ. B- Billy Christ, not my Jesus. You know, wow. I'm just, oh no, that's, oh God, that's really bad. Yeah, I it's like really where your Sorry, that, everybody. We're going to have to workshop that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll that back. <laughs> but no, we believe in Jesus and we believe in the concept of the Christ. And it's not his last name. Instead, the Christ, you know, Paul says, Christ in you, your hope of glory. 
The word Christ just means the divine spark, that child of God nature that everybody has. When when the Bible says, did you not know that you're gods? Or when the Bible says, be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. When God looks at humanity in the beginning of the book of Genesis and says, good and very good, that whole image and likeness part, the Christ is that image and likeness. In other words, we believe that Jesus existed in history. We believe in the concept of the Christ as that divine nature, that child of God inheritance that we all have, that, that so much of life has to do with finding out how to get out of the way and letting that light shine. But finally, we don't just believe in Jesus and we don't just believe in Christ. We also believe in Jesus Christ. So in other words, it's not just that we believe in the person in history or just in the divine potential. We believe that Jesus Christ is the best example of what it's like to live from that place. Jesus is what it looks like when you live like a child of God. He said, they who have seen me have seen the Father. In other words, he lived so purely and so beautifully and with such transcendent love that the family resemblance was able to shine through. That, that the, other, the human stuff got out of the way. That's what he who, they who have seen me has seen the Father means. That's what the works I do, you shall do also should be telling us. And so when, for example, we say, let us pray in the name and nature of Jesus Christ, which we say a lot at the end of our prayers and stuff like that. You come to one of our Sunday services, you'll probably hear somebody say that. We say it a lot. When we say, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm not saying, Jesus, will you please show up and fix this? That's a statement of putting your power somewhere else, and Jesus was dead set against that. Instead, when I say, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm saying, I pray in the name of this potential, the Christ, being expressed through this person right now, just like it was in the life and example of my hero, my way shower, my savior. That's what in the name means. And so Jesus saying, you can't get to the Father except through me. He's saying, you can't have this kind of a, of a miracle, this kind of a life, this kind of a healing, this kind of a revolution. You can't have it unless you believe that God is in you. Unless you do something about it, unless you let that potential shine through, you can't get there by going halfway. You can't get there, for example, in worshiping the golden calf of somebody else's opinion. Or, I need these special techniques and talismans in order to be spiritual. To the degree that you put your power somewhere else, you are not living the Jesus Christ way. And that's okay. It's not, ju it's not about judgment. It's just that it's harder to have a life. And it's impossible to have a pure experience of the Father, of the divine spark within all of us, because you got a bunch of junk in the way. So it's not a highfalutin thing. It doesn't have to be all that fancy. Remember, when Jesus talked about God, he didn't even use fancy words. The idea is, Jesus is basically saying, unless you know who you are, unless you decide to live from that beautiful place, you're not going to get the, the easy life. You're not going to get the good stuff. You're not going to have real peace. This is the only way. And this is really good to know because there are some people that sort of take a little bit from a lot of different religions like a salad bar. And I get that. Sometimes I think people want to cover all the bases. But the mission and the ministry of Jesus Christ is all the way. 
and all the way with the very simple idea. Remember, and we've talked about this before, they asked Jesus, how do you live up to all of these laws and all of these rules, and how do you do it, and how do you, how do you be a, a religious, spiritual, good, whatever you want to call it, person? And Jesus basically said, look, it's very simple. Just love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and I love this last part, with all your might. Just get pure and clear about what it is to, to, to have that divine spark in you. No intermediaries, no special gizmos, no techniques, no, no trade secrets. So that's part one. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your might. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, let that love show through. Serve God by serving his children. Get out of the way of this so that this amazing light can illuminate the world. And if you do that, everything else works out. But if you don't do it, and this is the answer to your question, Bobby, if you don't do that, if you don't love God purely, no barriers, and you don't do something about it, that's the Jesus and the Christ, you don't let it happen in your life right now, well, you can't get there. That's the only way that this is going to work. So ask yourself, do I have any hole cards? Do I have anything that I'm holding back? Do I have any barriers between myself and a pure experience of what is? And so this question really fits in pretty nicely with the topic. How do I get to that wild place in my heart where I'm not in charge? Because it's the only way. That's what Jesus was saying. Time to check it out. And this is the part where we let you know where we're going to be, what we're up to, where you can find us, where you can meet us. All of that good stuff. And there is so much good stuff. Now, the number one thing I want everybody to know about is that August 27th, is our inaugural Sunday service. As you know, we're going to do six monthly services starting August 27th at the Hotel Indigo in downtown St. Petersburg, the finest city on the face of the earth. The Hotel Indigo is such a cool place with such great history, and we wouldn't want to be anywhere else for our first Sunday service. August 27th, the service starts at 11 o'clock. People have asked about parking, and, and there's a thing on the website about it, but I'll say real quick, there is lots of free parking on the on the street right opposite the hotel there's free parking and maybe even a little bit of metered parking on the streets all around it you can see a huge public parking garage it's just to the north and west of the hotel you can see it from the front door of the hotel it's a stone's throw away there's another parking garage just around the corner and the hotel itself has valet parking so there's all kinds of parking it's it's easy 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 but it's going to be so much fun it i'm is. so excited i'm really excited. looking forward to it and so excited, and we're only two weeks away. Yeah, oh, two man. weeks away. I can't and wait. So, I want to do it right now. This is a dream come true for yeah, me, and absolutely. I'm just so grateful for all the people who have been supporting us and applauding us and being there for us. And I want to thank you in advance, whoever's listening to that, for being there, whether or not you're there physically or just there with us in spirit. It's going to be amazing. So that's August 27th. Then on September 5th. Dieter and I start a seven-week class, and it's going, going to be down at the Unity of Sarasota. And the, the class is called Bring the Fire. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. And just 
I would say just come see. Yeah, come just, see. Just come see what it's about. Unity of it Sarasota. Starts at, it starts from at 7 o'clock, Tuesday evenings. It goes to about 8.30, so it's an hour and a half. Every Tuesday night for the seven weeks after September 5th. And it's going to be really, really amazing. Yeah, and so the, the, the basic idea, we won't get into it too much right now and right here, but the basic idea is that life is about service. And happiness is not something you go get. It's something you bring. And when you learn how to show up for it, man, everything changes. And we're going to be talking all about that. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I also just want to mention that go ahead and just start marking your calendars for the fourth Sunday of every month for the next six months. And the one in September falls on September 24th. That will be the second Sunday service. Also, the second in the Wild series. So if you come to August 27th, you'll hear about wildlife. If you come to the September 24th, you're going to hear about wild love yeah. and it's good and so on and so forth. So just go ahead, stop the podcast, stop what you're doing right now. Take a minute, put it on your iPhone, put it on your calendar that your, has it on the wall, anywhere you have it. Just the fourth Sunday, 11 a.m. But September 24th, that is our second second service. And I know how the holidays go for me. If I don't start really planning it, by the time you get to September, October, November, December, what Sunday? You know, I mean, you don't have any time because it just flows out. So just make it a point if you want to be involved with this and just mark your calendars now and, and do that. But especially for the August 27th and especially for the September 24th. Right. And you can find out more details about all of those things by going to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. Com. And also I want to let you know that um, if you text the word I am ready, all one word, to 84576, you can sign up to get all kinds of news and updates. Nobody gets bombarded. It's usually like one text a week, just a real quick thing. Once again, text I am ready, all one word, to 84576, and then you're in the special club. You get all the news and updates and everything that we're doing. But check it out on the website. Check us out on social media. We are at Waterstone Men just about everywhere, everywhere. Facebook, yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Are. And if you go to the website, there's a special page that says gather and it talks about the upcoming Sunday services, but it also talks about some things that we do on a regular ongoing basis. And those are Wednesday mornings around 7.20 in the morning. We take about a three and a half, four mile walk. Um, it takes about an hour. We get We stop in the middle, we get coffee and then we walk back. It's beautiful. It was gorgeous this morning. Yeah, we went out. This is a Wednesday that we're recording this. This is a Wednesday that we're recording. And, we, and it was just, you get the nice breeze from the ocean. I saw a little baby dolphin this morning. It was, yeah, no, yeah. it's always really great. And we always talk about just the most amazing things. And we solve the world problems in an hour. <laughs> it's amazing. It's fantastic. So if and you, we have if, the best coffee in the world Yeah, as well. so if Pretty you feel cool. like you want to join us, if you want to get up early, come walk with us on Wednesday mornings. We would love to have you. Yeah, around 7.20 at North Shore Beach in St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. And then Thursdays, we do a live stream on Facebook. If you go to the our Facebook, Water and Stone Church Facebook, go find us Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We do a live stream. We do a Bible discussion um, right from our living room. It's really super casual, but we have had some amazing questions and amazing discussions. So if you're interested in joining us live, you can do it through Facebook. However, if you can't make it on that Thursday night, all of them not only live on Facebook still, but you can go to our YouTube page 
and you can find all of the videos, all the backlog of every Thursday night that we've ever done. Go find us there and, you know, join in that way. Yeah, it's, it's really neat because people, basically what happens is we gather in our living room and I talk a little bit about some part of the Bible. I hopefully unpack it. And so the, part of the goal is for us to take the Bible back. You know what I mean? And so there are people in our living room who ask questions, but it's so neat because on Facebook Live, people can type in their questions as well. If you want to find us on Facebook, you want to find us on YouTube or all the other places that we've mentioned, go to the bottom of any page on waterandstonechurch.com and there's little icons for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and so on and so forth. Super easy to click and connect, like us on Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. We also gather Sunday evenings about, oh, a half hour, 40 minutes. Um, before sunset. Yeah, and, and obviously that changes all the time because yeah, the just sunset check, changes. Check all your the time. phone, like you always say. Just check your phone. Yeah, ask Siri. Siri knows. Siri knows what time the sun goes down. Um, but come and join us. We go to St. Pete Beach. Um, I'm so excited because probably by the end of this week we're gonna have one of those flags, and so you'll be able just to look for the water and stone flag, and we'll be right underneath it. Yeah. Um, but St. Pete Beach. There's parking there. And again, all of the directions are on the website. I'm not going to talk anymore about that, but just go find us. There's a direction. And if you can't find us, you can always just email us and, and, we'll, and we'll tell you yeah, just e- if you The main email address is info at waterandstonechurch.com. If you just send an email there, we'll get it and we'll respond to you just as quick as we can. Peter, it's that time again. It's time to wrap it up. <laughs> Felt like you were going to give me a, some kind of confidential information right there. Well, the thing is, it's not confidential at all. You already know all of this. There is a place in you that responds to beauty, to music, to art, to truth. There is a place in you that responds beyond anything that you would expect to love. It is a place beyond anything that can be measured, anything that can be proven. It's the place where you just are. And that's where love lives. The reason that you like your favorite song, the reason why you love somebody, the reason that you were inspired by courage and truth has nothing to do with your expectations. It has nothing to do with what you can control. Quite the opposite. When you get past control, you get to where God lives. And I'm telling you, it is the only way. Just like Jesus said, get to that place where love lives. Find some little way that you can get out of your comfort zone today and carry what you learn back into the world. Show somebody else what that love looks like. Live out loud, laugh out loud, love out loud. You owe it to yourself and boy oh boy, you owe it to your world. This podcast is recorded at Pin Feather Studios on the Orange Couch. Right here on the Orange Couch in our the owner, operator, president, CEO of Pin Feather Studios and our amazing sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's also one half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. There are three things that we need you to do in order to support this podcast. 
And you can find out more about that when you follow the support link on waterandstonechurch.com. But I'll tell you right now, the three things you can do are, first of all, tell your friends. Tell somebody about this podcast. Go to our blog on the waterandstonechurch.com website and, and share one of the posts with somebody. Send an email. Like us on Facebook. Do those things. Share it with somebody. If you're listening still, it means that something we said meant something to you. It might mean something to somebody else. Share it with somebody. So that's part one. The second thing you can do is write us a good review. It's going to take you eight seconds to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether that's Stitcher or iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play or Amazon, whatever it's called. (laughs) Go to where you're listening to this podcast and write a five-star review. It's got to be five stars because that's what kicks in the magic elves that, that promote podcasts, but it'll only take you a moment to do. That's part two. And part three is wherever we're going to be, be there too. Show up for one of our monthly services. I promise you're going to have a great time. And more than that, it's going to make a difference in your life. You're going to get through some stuff and you're going to help somebody else change the world. So tell a friend, write a review, show up. And everything will change. This is the beginning of something new for all of us. So thanks for being here. And we'll see you August 27th.